right, hi everybody. It is Saturday, March 21st, and here are the numbers. Global cases, we are now at 303,001. That's a hard number to read. 303,001. The one is messing me up anyway. That is a 25% increase from Thursday. I didn't do an episode of this yesterday. I will talk more about that in a moment. But within the last two days, globally, 25% increase. In the U.S., we now have 24,148 cases over the last two days. That's an increase of 85%. In Canada, we went up 42% to now have 1,137 cases. And in New York City, we had a 57% increase. We now have, in New York City, 5,683 cases. It is Saturday, March 21st, and those are the numbers. I'm going to do things a little bit differently in general. One is I don't think I'm able to do this daily. I set out with thinking it would be really interesting to document how things are shifting every 24 hours. What I didn't realize is signing up to do something like that. I'm then A, putting a bunch of extra pressure on myself to do even more during such a already difficult time. Uh, second to that, it requires me to be monitoring the news a lot. And I did not put out an episode yesterday because I just needed a break. My brain needed a break from reading about this. And I just wanted to live in a little bit of a bubble for a while. And it really, really helped. And so with that, moving forward, and I'm sure no one will mind, I'm going to be doing this when I feel like it. Because I right now, from a mental health perspective, from an energy perspective, can't, uh, can't put that extra pressure on myself. And I think sometimes it's a lot harder to admit when we need to change something that we've signed up for. And, and truthfully, I feel pretty okay with saying this. Um, I'm sure a lot of you listening don't feel like listening to it every day anyway. Although I do know a few of you say that it's something that you look forward to every day, which is so nice. That makes me feel so good and nice. So thank you guys and girls. Um, so in terms of doing things differently, I'm not going to do this every single day because it's frankly, for me, impossible right now. And I'll try my best to follow the format of having the numbers at the top, top news stories, and then, you know, recap of how I'm feeling. But I'm going to be really fluid with this. If one day I feel like doing something differently, I'm just going to do that. And that's what I'm going to put out here. Because I think I started to lean towards, oh, let me make this something really interesting and and well-produced. And because of my background as a television producer, and because I really have been studying how to tell stories for over 10 years, and I think I'm a strong storyteller, I know how good I can make these episodes, but I just, I, I can't do that right now. It's a challenging time and I know we're all going through it. And so I'm just uh, cutting myself some slack. So things are going to be a little different. And I'm going to start with today with that. I actually had the lovely experience of talking to my friend James, who's in London uh, yesterday on Friday. And I recorded our conversation. He knew, (laughs) of course, I didn't 
you know, don't worry, friends and family. I'm not, I'm not just recording you in the background uh, every time we chat. Um, but no, I wanted to get a perspective of what this feels like in another major city. And uh, I think London was, a, I thought London was an interesting choice. So instead of giving you the top news stories, uh, take a listen to my conversation with James to see how everything COVID-19 and coronavirus related is feeling in one of the world's largest cities. Jacqueline. James. Oh goodness, we're doing video. <laughs> we're doing video. <laughs> I haven't like I haven't even like washed my face today, so this is. <laughs> I, I I've been doing DIY, so I'm afraid I'm not looking so good. <laughs> um, what uh, what DIYs are you doing? Yeah, we're moving to a new place at the end of October, and we've done a lot of stuff. But the one thing we haven't done is the downstairs bathroom and uh yeah basically i need to shorten the door so i've got a sander i bought a sander and uh i'm shortening the door with a sander <laughs> i've never done it before yeah I, I i don't you don't strike me as someone that often is sanding down doors to shorten their lengths no uh, I wish I had a project like that. I feel like I need something like that. Maybe I just need to pick some part of my apartment to like destroy and then build back together with super glue or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, how are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. I mean, very strange times, as as you know. I, I'm sure it is over there as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So tell me, how how is it seeming there? Here in London, there's almost like there's two contrasts happening right now. Um, essentially, uh, on the news, you see a lot of pictures of empty streets. Trafalgar Square is empty. Oxford Street is empty. There's no one down there. But actually, uh, London itself is a collection of villages and uh, perhaps almost small towns. And uh, as soon as you go back to your local area, the local areas are actually quite busy and uh, the shelves are empty in the shops and uh, it's a problem because I think that people, I guess, perhaps you'd call it Darwinism, I don't know if you're looking at it optimistically, survival of the fittest, people that are going out and, and they're making sure they've got what they need in case there's a, there's a scenario where they can't get what they need and unfortunately, uh, it, it's, in my view, it's quite selfish, but then someone, someone else might say it's someone looking to survive, I don't know. And the thing is, if people just shopped normally, everything would be fine. Like 65 million, 70 million people here in the UK, and we all get fed every single day. I think if everyone just took a step back and realised that, everything would be all right. But they don't, and it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask for you personally, like, with this, when did it shift for you? Because I think everyone has had a different moment where it's like, oh... I've got to take this seriously. Like, what was it for you? And what did that feel like for you? Yes, actually, there was a moment. And I think it's when I went to a slightly bigger supermarket than the one that we normally go to. And uh, it was then that I saw all the shelves were empty. And there was a series on TV last year here in the UK called Years and Years. And um, I don't know if you saw it or if you know anything about it. No, I've seen a bit of it on HBO. And it's funny, you're not the first person to compare what we're experiencing to that show. Yeah. So I uh, immediately phoned Linda, my partner, because uh, he was around the corner getting a couple of other bits. And I said, this is like years and years. 
this is just weird. Like the shelves are empty and I could almost hear the music in the background in my head like of the, of the montage sequence that they showed in that TV series of, of things like that happening. And uh, yeah, it's, it's funny how very quickly things that were normal become abnormal uh, or even the other way around. So it, yeah, it, it, it is weird. And, and here in London, the weird thing is that Maybe like in America and New York specifically, there are some people who are being quite defiant and being, no, we're going to carry on doing what we want. Uh, the problem here in London is that the government, Boris Johnson, the prime minister, said that he is advising people to not go to the pub, not go to restaurants, not go to the cinema, not go to the theatre. But that's only advisory. And so people are still going to the, the pubs, the theatres, the, the restaurants. From what I've read, uh, basically, in um, Italy and in France and other places where it's spread, the problem is all these people have been going out. President Macron, uh, I heard the other day, basically had a go at everyone in France and said, you guys didn't take seriously enough what we told you to do a few days ago. So we're going to have to be more draconian now and we're making you stay at home. Now, the government here in the UK don't want to be so draconian with it because uh, Boris Johnson keeps saying we're a liberal democracy. And absolutely, we are 100% a liberal democracy. However, what's the point of having liberal democracy if, if having that liberalism, and by the way, I'm, a, a, I'm not a fan of Boris Johnson, by the way, but, but what I will say is that um, what's the point of having that liberalism uh, if people are going to die as a result of, of allowing them to carry on with their daily lives as much as normal. It's difficult because you can almost pull your hair out looking at the people that are sort of being defiant. And I even read something earlier on, apparently someone was on TV saying, um, oh, I'm not going to do social distancing because then they've won. It's like, hang on a minute, there's something fundamental that you're not understanding here. And there isn't a day, this isn't terrorism, this is a disease that's spreading around the world. And actually, uh, it will win if you don't keep your distance from people, because you might pick it up and you might die. I mean, that is very extreme and very blunt, but perhaps we have to be like that in times like this. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn between what's going on in the UK and what's going on in America. But if we look specifically at London and New York, same thing, Governor Cuomo, who's the governor of New York State, keeps saying there will not be a full lockdown in New York. I'm not going to tell people in New York that they can't leave their homes, that they can't leave the city. And he keeps saying this. And I think on one hand, I appreciate it because it's like, okay, great. I'm not going to go into panic mode and spiral because now I'm being told this. But then the other side is, you know, today... It is, it's, it's Friday today, and so tomorrow is going to be the first weekend day where people don't have their work from home. They don't have that regular schedule. They will be faced with this first day of like, oh wait, I need to social distance on my days off too. And I think tomorrow is going to be really interesting to see, like is foot traffic in Central Park going to spike up? We're kind of caught between, like you're mentioning, this thing of waiting for government enforcement when you then have no choice of what to do <clears throat> or this current example where it's like yeah there are some restrictions around what can be open what can be closed but you know we don't have military out on the streets telling you get back in your apartment we're in this weird this weird spot of it how are you guys feeling in terms of how long do you think your current situation will be life well, for you Boris Johnson 
has said, oh, if we get through this well, we can get through it in 12 weeks. You know what? I think he's being optimistic and maybe he's playing the long game. We're only at the very beginning of this, I think. And I think it could go on realistically for another year, year and a half. Uh, that's just my personal opinion, just re- having read up. And what I'm going to do, by the way, Jacqueline, is just circle back um, to another question that you, you said, you asked, because I, there's a point that I wanted to make. Uh, and I don't know if you're interested in and why you want to talk to me in the difference between the US and perhaps Canada but, and also the UK. But I think there's something um, that I would observe having uh, lived in Canada, spent a lot of time in America, and obviously I'm, I'm from the UK. And I think there's a fundamental difference in the uh, psychology of, of the country, of the UK, compared to uh, Canada and America. What I will say is that when push comes to shove, that I've noticed Americans and Canadians love rules. And I think that if you guys get told you have to stay in your house, do not come out. I think ultimately most people will do it. But here in the UK, people hate rules. People hate being told what to do. They hate it if the government tries to tell them what to do. And I worry that as a result of that, if the UK will actually have a worse experience when it comes to that point, because I think it will probably come to that point. And so I worry that more people will die here in the UK because they, they want to stick two things up at the government. They, they don't want to, to do what the government's telling them to do because they spent all their lives not doing what the government wants them to do. Yeah, that is very interesting. I feel it's funny, like, as a Canadian, and I've only lived in the States for, like, a year and a half, um, but as a Canadian, I don't think I've ever had an opinion on the government telling me what to or not to do because I've, I've never really felt as if that has been my reality. I'm sure it has been to some extent, but... Um, I haven't, you know, and in that very naive way, I haven't paid much attention to it. So I think, yeah, we'll, we'll have to just take it one day at a time. I'm trying to like limit my intake of information about it because I find it similar to you overwhelming. And I also feel like I can't get enough. I can't get enough. So yeah, one day at a time. Yeah, I first said your podcast the other day. Is it a podcast or is it a journal? What are you talk? What are you calling oh, it? Oh, I don't know. I like. I initially I was like, no, this isn't a podcast. I'm like, I'm going to call it an audio journal. And then my friend was like, Jacqueline, shut up. Just call it a podcast already. So I guess I'm going with that. <laughs> well, I, I did see one thing, uh, and it said with all these people who are working from home, it said there's going to be a lot of uh, male. There's going to be a lot of men under 35 who decide to start a podcast. <laughs> don't <laughs> and I, I can see there are a lot of people who think they're quite interesting but probably not and I'll probably count myself amongst those people but, well, um, we'll see how this episode we does then I'll let you know <laughs> No, no I think I no, I think uh, what, what was great to hear from you is just it's a nice normal perspective and you talk in such a great way and so that's why it's nice to sort of to, to hear that um, there's one other thing that I, w- I was going to say and that was about um, where people are getting their information from and um, President Trump might call it fake news um, but I think there is an issue with people getting messages either on WhatsApp or via Facebook which are, oh, a friend of mine knows a doctor and this doctor has said X or um, there was there's a, the example that I'll give you is there was a the whole thing about ibuprofen and uh, how it, if you're young in particular it, it exacerbates um, the COVID-19 um, virus and actually makes things worse for you. It turns out that there were three or four stories circulating that actually were a load of rubbish. And um, it, the thing is, 
because they don't know, the government scientific advisor um, here in a government select committee the other day said, yeah, there is a rumour. We don't know enough about it. So the safe thing to do is to not take ibuprofen if, if you think you've got it. And so it's this bizarre scenario where it is a rumour and it's not substantiated. And yet the, the, the chief scientific advisor to our government is saying, yeah, OK, just to be safe, don't have ibuprofen. And it's, there's a lot of these rumours and these things circulating around. And um, I think it is a bit of a problem. And, and the thing is, I always question anything that, that I uh, read. And uh, I always want to make sure the source and, you know, someone that I trust. So if it's like the BBC or the Guardian newspaper, um, I know that they'll have done their research and that they'll have made sure that they've stood up um, what they're printing or what they're writing online. Whereas there are all these rumours that are going around on WhatsApp and Facebook. And I think that that is causing problems. Absolutely. Um, I think it's not only are we sort of at war with this virus, but it's yet again another war on fake news. Because I totally agree, the fact that someone high up within the government is even commenting on something that probably started as a a tweet or a Facebook post, A, what a waste of time, and B, them even commenting on it is a perspective, like you said. Now there's people that are at home that are thinking, oh, well, I guess I have a headache, I can't take this drug to help me with that, so... It's like this perfect storm of globalization. We travel so much and business and capitalism, people are all over the world all, all the time. China now is responsible for, I think it's 20% of the global GDP now compared to the SARS outbreak when China was responsible for 5% of the global GDP. So now the, the economic impact of China shutting down for as long as it did has a much more severe impact than maybe during the SARS crisis not too long ago. And then on top of that, and I could go on and on, but like then you, as you mentioned, there's this layer of the fake news thing. And I find as I'm putting these episodes together, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much exclusively relying on New York Times and I'm checking BBC and a few, cause I want to make sure it's a, a more global. I don't want to be too, too US centric, but there are, it's hard to know what's real out there. So that's why, you know, I know that New York Times and BBC have a whole team of fact checkers. So I'm like, okay, this is, I feel like good with that. But I'm also trying to balance it out with opinion also. Like yesterday I was saying that I think that New York City will be the next Italy. And I'm not saying that to to say this is fact and, and believe me, I'm just sharing where I sort of feel things might be headed. So I don't know, part of me thinks, should I even be doing that? I don't, I don't know, but... I think all we can do, and, and we're all human beings, and actually I'm going to say something positive amongst all these. In fact, there's two positives. Let's hear all One the positives. Of, I want to hear as many as you have. I need them. Let's hear them. <laughs> right. So one amazing positive uh, that I've, I've heard about anecdotally, but also firsthand have experience of it now, is there's been an amazing coming together of communities. And yes, we are all keeping our physical distance. But then, for example, I literally had a conversation with someone uh, across the street uh, who I'd never spoken to before. And uh, we've been checking up on our neighbor who lives on her own and making sure she's okay. But also a lady came and, and put a little note to the door yesterday and said, um, do you want to be part of the neighborhood WhatsApp group? And uh, so I've joined this neighborhood WhatsApp group. Now, all of a sudden, I feel a lot more part of the community than I did a few days ago. And that's a really, really lovely thing. This, the other thing that I think is, is a positive 
Um, I mean, it's led to negative things now because of how it's spread. But actually, I think one incredible thing to take from all this is how connected we all are as people. Just think that one guy or or girl, sorry, I don't know if it was a, a man or woman in China who, who got the disease, the, the virus, in the first instance. It just took one person. And look how far that is spread from that one person. It's gone global. And that just shows how actually we are all connected and we all rely on each other and we all like to pretend... Well, I, I mean, I hope I, I, I don't, but like the, the politicians like to pretend, for example, um, Donald Trump is always saying America first and um, similarly in, in other countries. But it, it actually shows that we all rely on each other globally for, for things like trade. But also we're very social beings. We're social people and these things matter. And I think it just shows how connected we are as people and as a world. And hopefully when things get back to normal, that is a really positive thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, maybe I'll wrap it up with something that one of my yoga teachers says all the time, which is we're more similar than we are different. And uh, it's a good reminder to figure out how to practice compassion and empathy and love with everyone that's maybe not physically around you right now, but is is with you. Because yeah, we're all we're all in it together. All right, James, thank you so well, much. Thank you so much. Thank you, and I'm sorry if I've if I've if I've banged on for a for a little bit too long. But it, yes. I, you know what, this whole thing's fascinating me, and there is a lot to think about and a lot to talk about. So I hope you can uh, yeah get the, get that down to as short as you need it to be. Yeah, thank you. And maybe we'll check in in a month and see uh, how things are feeling in London in uh, yeah. mid April. <laughs> Give me a shout whenever you want. No, that's absolutely fine. I mean, obviously things are moving quite quickly and things could change very quickly. And, you know, so if there is anything going on, just, just drop me a line and I'll be happy to talk to you. Okay. Thanks, James. All right. All the best, Jacqueline. You take care. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Good morning. It is Sunday, March 22nd. And I woke up today feeling... Not so bad. I think it's because I've had a bit of a news detox over the last day or two. But I don't know if this is some form of masochism. Is that what it is when you're like, you like, like, enjoy harming yourself? Or is that, does that make me a sadist? Let me just, let me just take a look on the old internet. I should know this. But you know what, guys? It's tough. It's tough to keep your brain normal these days. Oh, I was right. A sadist is a person who derives pleasure, especially sexual gratification, from inflicting pain or humiliation on others. So I am a masochist because I wake up this morning, I seem to feel good, and I decide, well, why not headfirst nosedive into the news? You know, it's only 9.39. That sounds like a good plan. But it's not even, it's not even me trying to upset myself. Um, as I'm sure we're all dealing with, I'm, I want to see what the latest is. Before I go into any updates on anything, I want to play you the audio that, uh, someone sent me this week. This comes from The Recount, and they call it Trump's Coronavirus Calendar. And what this basically does are these, these are audio clips that take us from January until present day, and they've taken his audio clips and arranged them in chronological order. So take a listen to our our wonderful, wonderful leader of the U.S., 
President Donald Trump. Can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth right now. No, sorry, to be clear, not the wonderful part. That is full-blown sarcasm. Just the fact that he's president. Just the fact that we're living through this and the president of the United States is a reality TV show host. That's, just to be clear, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, take a listen.